Hello and welcome. Hello, yeah. Hello and welcome to Under the Skin from Luminary. This week I spoke with Elizabeth Burton Phillips. I'm Russell, by the way. Liz is founder of the charity Drug Fam. Drug Fam work with families, friends, and partners affected by someone else's addiction, including those bereaved by addiction, but also people, you know, who've got active addicts alive in their families or in their circle, friends, or whatever. Um, you can listen. To, I really like this bit that I've chosen. Why did we choose it, Jen? Because it might help some people. Because it might help some people. Here's some advice for people. In, yeah, this bit is good, actually. This is advice for people in active addiction. And what do you do when people don't take advice? So this is like, you know, this is a really good clip for any of you that are dealing with someone with addiction right now. If you want to make a donation to Drug Fam, go to their website. You know, they're a really great charity. And we've put the link in the description. You can listen to more episodes of Under the Skin and my new meditation, Above the Noise, only on Luminary, a subscription podcast network with original shows from your favourite creators. You can get a subscription for as little as $2.99 a month with their annual plan, plus a seven-day free trial to get started. Visit luminarypodcast.com to start your free trial. It's not available in all markets. It is subject to local currency. Terms apply. So, uh, yeah, have a listen to me talking to Liz. Did you enjoy the conversation, Jen, or were you not really listening? No, I was listening. Go on then. What did you like? She's nice. She reminded me of my mum. I've met your mum. Yeah? Do you think I'm right? No. Why? I don't think she's like your mum. Your mum is a lovely woman. Uh, <laughs> I'm, no one's blaming her for what happened. <laughs> no one's holding your mother responsible no. for the appalling way that you... <laughs> appalling choices you've made in life. Hey, so um, anyway, should we listen to them? Should we read out? Should I read out some comments? Why don't you read the comments? I don't know, because you like to read them, because you read them. Control? Yeah, and you're kind of reacting to them as you're listening to it, aren't you? Okay. Here's one from Subtract. In the Midwest USA, like talking about Joel Backen, Joel Backen was a super smart, brilliant analysis of capitalism, corporatism, uh, philanthrocapitalism, the way that big corporations are behaving these days. Subtract go, in the Midwest USA, all local governments are becoming privately owned by corporate entities for profit, no rules, no oversight, no regulation. Blimey, mate. That's terrifying. How's that happening? Orwellian dreams. Who are these people you've picked? They're all like radicals. And you I like, like it. Yeah, you like them. Of course you? I like them. I love them. Okay. Orwellian <laughs> underscore dreams with a Z. Thank you so much for having this guy on. Reminds me of the American Southern songs like I sold my soul to the company store. <laughs> That's what Joel Backner reminds me. I sold my soul to the company store. <laughs> It's quite, I'm more tired than I thought. Yeah, well, once it gets to five. Is it? I'm finished. I'm always worried. Yeah. I'm worried. Violet <laughs> Dot Verbena. Who knew Russell Brown was so smart? <laughs> Me. I just love how he put sentences together. Thank I, you. I put a compliment in. Why did you do that? What are you trying to do? Trick me? <laughs> Is it a trick? No. You're trying to bring You're me down? trying to be nice. Why? Since you got me the toucan mug. Is this a new... New era of Jenny Mayfield. Maybe Finn. I can compliment you via comments from other people. I see. I see. Yeah. Compliments by proxy. Yeah. Okay. Better, right. Well, try a normal compliment. <laughs> I almost complimented you earlier. Was... You felt it in my chest. And it couldn't come in. You felt it like emphysema. What was it going to be? <laughs> you should wear collared shirts more often. That's a, that's not a compliment. That's an announcement, and it's a rude one. It's a rude announcement. It's not because it makes your jaw look good, and it makes your shoulders look good. Can I tell you something, Jen? You could not have a birthday card that adding its middle bit 
you should wear collared shirts more often. And if you give that as a birthday card to, say, a cousin or someone that you see a couple of times a year, they would be confused, Jen. They wouldn't be complimented. But it was a compliment because I was essentially saying it looked good. Yeah, well, just say... <laughs> just say you look good. But it's not... What a wolf whistle vague. kill you! It's too vague. Anyone can say that. Can they? I say it so you know I'm saying something true. I've met several of your family members. And yeah. Can I tell you which the one I like the least? Me. Yeah, that's right, Jen. <laughs> <laughs> Little old you. GW says, the World Economic Forum Twitter account retweeted someone that tweeted about being critical about your videos. You're getting to them. Great job, R Russell. <whistles> well, we'll all be dead in a week. <laughs> <laughs> Great. I'd like to say... But Jenny May Finn is the mastermind <laughs> behind this content, whereas the rest of us are just dancing to her tune. And that Co tune is Riverdance. No. <laughs> right. Now, before we get into listening to this podcast, right? Although this is part of the podcast, isn't it, Jen? Yeah. This is like we want you to join this mailing list alliance clique. If you join this mailing list, Nexus, someone suggested, Nexus Jen. is a good word. It's one of my favourites. I like Nexus. <laughs> you don't think it's too like a nectar card? No, I don't think about that at all. You don't think about a nectar card? <laughs> no. Points of loyalty? loyalty. Why do they call it a nectar card? Yeah, why do you want a nectar card? Like it's the nectar and you're a little bee sniffing around outside yeah. of a Sainsbury's flower. Flower. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> You know, sniffing your little snoot round, picking up the pollen. Say flower power. Flower power. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you say it, flower power. Isn't it? That's right, isn't it? Flower power. Well, what do you think it is? <laughs> you can't even say click. <laughs> click. Flower power. Flower power. <laughs> you sound like Wurzy or Gummich. Okay, so... Listen, if you're not signed up to the mailing list, sign up to the mailing list. We send out all sorts of free content. We do Zoom calls. I shamelessly promote content at you. I've got a new book coming out, Revelation, only available on Audible. It's a good book. I speak about spirituality, awakening, sacredness. You'll love it. There's a link in the description. Get it. You get invites to free live events if you come to my excuse me, mailing list. You can learn well-being techniques, kundalini, all that. You'll be the first to hear about my upcoming events and projects. I sometimes have been offering to people if they can get 10 people. But Charlie says I've given myself away too cheaply because people are, this is actually working. People are signing up in their droves to get a Zoom call from old Russ. I'm going to spend my whole life working it off. Like if you forget your credit card and you have to wash the dishes in a restaurant. What? You forget your credit <laughs> card. You have to wash. It's more in a sitcom than in real life. Oh, okay. But I right. mean, if you go out for dinner and you don't pay. That's right. <laughs> I don't even, you just forget it in general. <laughs> then you have to wash the What do you mean? You forget it exists? Yeah, then oh. you have to wash the dishes. What am I supposed to do at this point? Can I wash the dishes? You don't forget the protocols of the exchange of goods for monies. Yeah. You just haven't brought it. It's at okay. home. Okay, okay. Do you think I meant that you'd forgot the concept? Well, that no, couldn't be that a you've sitcom. just forgotten where you put it. Like it's a sitcom where the main character goes to a restaurant. Yeah, and they the say, restaurant was in, in the setup. Wasn't it? No. You just said that when you forget your credit card and you have to wash the dishes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Maybe it's me that's mentally ill, Jen. Yeah. Don't say it that quick. <laughs> okay. So, listen, why don't you go to my Ooob channel for more spiritual videos and clips? I'm not, I refuse to say the letters Y and T for the next 
just for a while. Check out my Oob channel for more spiritual videos and uh, clips from the podcast. And also, you know, really good videos about Bill Gates and things like that. It's like it's like a video channel by someone who's absolutely determined to be demonetized on YouTube. <laughs> Make sure to subscribe to get notified of new videos. I've also started a YouTube si ooh, ooh, side channel called Awakening with Russell. Isn't that a lovely title, Jen? <laughs> yes. Why did you snort? Because I just think of waking up. Like well, like in the morning? Yeah. It's not waking up with Russell. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, oh no. <laughs> now I'm going to have to deal with this. It's Awakening with Russell. Okay. Awakening. We, me and this person, you, the listener, okay. me and you, not you, Jen. <laughs> Do you even meditate, Jen? Yeah, I did three times. When you're strolling around your fucking mansion like Grey Gardens, <laughs> wandering around with a bowler out of cat food in a corridor. That's what it's there like, There are isn't dog it? bowls around with water in it that I don't... Dog <laughs> bowls no dog with bowl. water? Are there? Yeah. You haven't even got a dog, Jen, have you? Sometimes she comes over. You... Put out dog bowls in oh, anticipation of a visit. She, she might come over and maybe she wants some water. She actually doesn't really drink water. So you've got bowls like like I don't little, know why. I don't. I, you yeah. might as well put goldfish in that or a tadpole or something. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, maybe I should get rid of them. Awakening with Russell. Here you'll find this new Poseidon channel. It's called Awakening with Russell. You'll find videos here on meditation, yoga, and wellness practices. Get in touch with me on social media if you want. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, all those things. But now it's time for Under the Skin with Elizabeth Burton Phillips. Trying to achieve equality with the annihilation of category is not no, a successful that, route. Yes, that's, that's, that's exactly right. We're in this era where it turns out we were never the boss. It doesn't look like an ideology. What's beneath the surface of people we admire, of the ideas that define our time, the history we are told? And welcome to Russell Brand Under the Skin. It's really difficult to get beyond that, even as a person that's sort of quite immersed in the world of addiction because of my own addiction and continuing work with other people that, you know, whether it's like, like I had a friend who took their own life, like a, who was, in my opinion, drinking in an, an addictive way and ended up taking their life and I still feel I feel things like, uh, like oh, I should I should have been able to do more and I still sometimes feel like with people that are drug addicts even though I know that you're using right now that I sort of want to say well just stop just stop doing it like even though like, my own experience both personally and sort of uh, you know and with other people I've loved it sort of tells me that that's that's not right. Have you have, have attitudes changed? I do believe that um, through our charity, certainly um, attitudes have changed. Um, in that, people, parents, family members who come to us if they've got a loved one using whatever it is, that they know that there is compassion, there is kindness, there is understanding, there is absolutely no judgment. All the emails and letters of thanks that we get you know, really evidence that we have done something very, very important as a legacy to Nick, that they don't have to feel that there's any stigma involved and that we care, we deliver real care. So you're speaking to like grieving parents and grieving sons and daughters and relatives and stuff like that. Yes, as well as as well as the many families that have got somebody in 
active use as well. So mm. when, for example, we're open seven days a week, 365 days a year from nine till nine on our phone lines. Mm. And you don't know on the phone lines who's coming, what's coming. It could be a bereavement. It could be a mum worried about a teenager. It could be a father worried about his granddaughter. It, a whole range of things. It's You can't predict what's coming. And every obviously we have our volunteers and staff are very carefully trained in how to answer calls uh, and how to support people uh, both inactive and uh, bereaved as well. What do you advise when people are in active addiction then? Well, we talk to them. <laughs> a lot of them are, what can I do? What can I do to help? What can I fix it? What can I do? Should I send them to rehab? Um, and we talk, we talk about the importance of boundaries. And, you know, if you've got a son or a daughter that's bringing drugs into the house, using the property as, you know, a place to, to session or using the house to deal we talk to them about the boundaries and how, you know, they've got to rethink their their own self-care. We talk to them about not rescuing and not enabling. Well, do you tell them, don't you, do you tell them then, don't let them use drugs in your house? We yes, we do. We don't, we don't say you must do this and you must do that. We say it in a, a very honest way. Um, but at the end of the day, we, we, we do say that it is your choice, but we have a little thing called the, the seven C's of which the three most important are that, remember you didn't cause it, you can't control it and you can't cure it. And if you can get your head around those things, then you can start to take care of yourself and communicate with us as a charity and, and that will help you to rebuild your life. And it works, you know, it take, that's why we have our groups because, you know, we, all of them obviously on Zoom at the moment, but it's helping them to understand those very important things that, you know, they didn't cause it, they can't control it and they can't cure it. And so many times I've said, I've said that and other, all our, all our team and staff members say it as well. Do you have, you have support groups, do you, for people that are, have a relative that's using drugs and then support groups presumably around bereavement yes we do yes um so our support groups are um for active are in the thames valley area and in peterborough we also now have national groups because of covid so people can come in from whether it's scotland or cornwall or whatever so we have those predominantly in the evenings um there are usually an hour and a half to two hours long They've got a trained facilitator in there. For example, I myself use, I'm a facilitator for the group that's in Whitney in Oxfordshire. And um, we have a very, very strong group there. Um, mutual support um, and some fantastic recovery stories as well. It's really great um, to, to hear those recovery stories. Are they well attended, these groups? They are. They are well attended, yes. Um, we usually have a good... Um, stretch my group is sometimes as many as 14 um which is you know when you're trying to manage that quantity of parents or family members um on a zoom call that's over a period of you know a couple of hours that's that's enough but a physical group 
there is potential for for there to be to be more. And you have groups all over the country. We do. We do. Yes. Yes. So they're running on uh, Monday nights, um, nearly every night of the week. I think it's except Friday and Sunday mornings as well. So how what is the the training that your staff are going through when they like as you say they could be picking up the phone at any moment to be you know told that someone's died and the kind of level of grief and despair that people might be conveying how how do you how do you train people for that well we have a lady who's dedicated to training um and she takes all volunteers through a process of training and they listen into calls and um obviously with the agreement of the person calling in and um, because of her experience she had many many years as a director of Samaritans um, she knows very much so you know very many things about um, how to answer the calls uh, whereas Samaritans is much wider in in the type of call ours is dedicated to drugs and alcohol so she will um, spend time with them um, and eventually letting them take the calls where she will listen in to a point where they are ready to fly solo, so to speak. And in addition to that, we obviously have to teach them about safeguarding. It's very important because, you you know, safeguarding of young children has to be taken into account as well. And we have somebody who's a safeguarding. Uh, what does that mean? If so, what there's, there's some issues where, what, where various social services might need to get involved. Yes. Indeed, that's right, yes, yeah. What, like if a drug addict's in control of a kid, for example? Yes, it, it could be, you, let's say, for example, you might you might get a, a mum call in or email. We get a lot of emails um, and they're talking about, you know, uh, my partner is in addiction and I've got three children. They are seven, nine and 11. I, I just need so much help. Um I don't know what to do and um, the children are not aware, but maybe the oldest one might be becoming aware. And can you advise me on what to do? And we obviously take them through the processes of what needs to be done to protect the mum and to protect the children as well and, and work with them. It's not about, you know, going behind their back and reporting them or anything like that. It's about working with them to support them. Um, All right. So you never inform social services without the consent of the sort of service user, as it were. That's right. Yes. Well, that must be a bit difficult sometimes. Hey, you're dealing with people that are in very complex situations, but you know you have an obligation to them. Yes. Yeah. It's 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 can be very tricky and very complex. Um, it's not always that there are are children involved. It might be, for example, a grandfather a grandfather might ring about his own son or daughter or family members who are drinking, using cocaine, gambling, that kind of thing, and the impact that it's having on the wide family, on his own wife, the grandmother, on, mm. you know, adult members, as well as perhaps younger members. But as a charity, we work predominantly with the adults. We don't work with under 18s, um, because there are other organisations that do that. So um, uh, our specific mission is with 18 and above. People are always asking me, what should, like, you know, it's one of the things I'm most commonly asked, what should I do? My friend, my child, my parent is a drug addict, is using drugs in a way that sort of worries me. What shall I do? What shall I do? 
and like <clears throat> in a way i always end up saying there's not that much you can do you have to look after yourself like you know like and what do you do what do you do when people like don't want to change you know what do you do when people don't take on your advice what do you like that for me this seems like real common people find it hard to change people find it hard to take on different habits and like you said with your experience with your own sons you you kind of entered into their dynamic rather than them entering into yours as it were around the secrecy and that yeah i understand what you're saying yes i mean sometimes when you talk to people certainly when i've done phone duty you know i, I hear my story often being mirrored in you know keeping it a secret the rest of the family don't know um that that kind of thing and then you, when you talk to them about the options and choices that they've got um sometimes you will you will get a sort of quiet response that they didn't actually realize they've got a choice themselves and then when they think about that choice it's really scary for them it's not something they go necessarily oh yeah of course I'll stop enabling I'll stop rescuing I'll stop doing this I can't bear them living on the streets I can't bear them this that and the other it's it's sometimes a work in progress with them Russell and it's when they've been in it entrenched in, if you like, addicted to the addict for all those years, it can be a tough, really tough to make changes. But the evidence would show that when the family member changes, it can also bring the change in the person using because suddenly they haven't got the bank of mum and dad or the reliability of being rescued and enabled anymore. Wow. So they don't realize that they've got options. Those options are often things like stop enabling and stop enabling probably means don't give them any money. Yeah. Don't let them use your house unless they're sort of not using or something. And like, so I suppose you're trying to create conditions where they change. I always, when I'm dealing with addicts, you know, where I, where I do have more experience, I make it clear that I'll help you change but I won't help you stay the same I won't give you money and things like that because that's me I'm helping you to carry on but like but I imagine it's it's really I can't I cannot imagine what it must be like when it's sort of once removed like that because I know when I've had experiences where people I really love or care for I get sort of a bit frantic and like I really want to get a handle on it you know and drag them about somewhere a bit of dragging I think is what dragging and chaining drag them to somewhere chain them to something these are the kind of solutions but there's no evidence to suggest that dragging or chaining is successful there's absolutely none and the amount of parents particularly mums that have said to me is I'd like to lock them up in a bedroom for six weeks and that will sort them out and um you know okay they'd rattle along for a, a while but um it's it's actually helping our family members to understand that the desire for change and to recover and get themselves well has got to come from within the person using and that's a big deal for the family member to get their head around and because they're so busy managing their addiction the the loved one's addiction that the, the, the letting go is a real toughie you use an interesting phrase that they're addicted to the addict. What do you mean by that? I mean that um, they can't let 
go of their addict. I, I was absolutely like that. And we hear it all the time that they can't let go emotionally and psychologically of the addict. And, you know, because their son or daughter might go and steal to get money for drugs or might do something unpleasant to get money for drugs, they'd rather give them the money themselves. And so to say, stop enabling, stop giving the money um, is a real big deal. And that's what I mean, addicted to those behaviors. Right, because it's compulsive. They can't stop it. They're doing it without thinking. I mean, you can understand that if people, because I guess you're alluding to sex work and crime and all that kind of stuff that sort of commonly goes along with addiction. So like if I was calling up drug fam or you now and saying like a friend of mine uh is using drugs what shall i do what's your like what's the what do you run through with people when you're making this diagnosis well first of all um it's it's about helping that caller to understand that if they're in a very difficult place emotionally themselves um it's about helping them to find their own emotional resilience and looking after themselves and putting themselves before the addict. That's the first thing, because often they're so worn down with things in, that have gone on emotionally, financially, psychologically, they're not strong. So we talk them through that and how we can work with them to help them in group, one-to-one, on a Zoom call, all of those kind of things. And then we talk to them about um, the services that may be available for the addicts which could be pointing them to which will be pointing them through to say for example in the area um that we leave we live in in Berkshire Oxfordshire the local drug and alcohol services um where let's say it's a you know 29 year old person addicted to crack and alcohol um where they would need to go to get help for themselves and it's about signposting them to tell their addict where they need to go to get the the help. If you're enjoying this conversation, join me over at Luminary for the rest of our discussion and for all the latest episodes of Under the Skin. Go to luminarypodcast.com to start your free trial. See you there.